Welcome to the Catfish and Coffee podcast. I'm real happy to have as my guest tonight, tonight Chris Souders. How are you doing, Chris? Uh, are you mute? I think you're muted, Chris. Oh, there we go. Hey, we go. it would not be a show without some sort of technical difficulty. I told That's you that the other day. So if we I had can, to do it. Just get it out of the way. It's not a show if I don't screw up somebody's name, and I have probably <laughs> the hardest name in the chat. So, in in during the show, and I'm the one who ends up messing up somebody's name, um, or I forget to say hello to somebody like Betty or D or Katie, and then I hear about it after the show quite a oh, bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, man, it is an honor to have you on my show. I've been dying to have this uh, ever since uh, I started YouTube. Now, I'm. I was thinking, you know, I can't wait to have guests like Chris on my show. And here we are. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. And I mean, how much fun is it to be able to do this uh, freely on a platform and and interact with everybody and just talk and share information? I mean, it's it's such a good time and, and a wonderful way for friends throughout the country that we meet to come together and uh, just talk about everything we love. That, 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 that's the, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. I probably couldn't have said it as well as you did, but uh, I agree with you a hundred percent. Where else can I, you know, being stuck at home during these times and stuff, still take part and take part and stay active in the catfish family, which we have such a really, really good family going on here. Yeah. Um, I, I, before we get going, I do want to say thank you to Patriot James for the tournament. He raised, I believe over $7,000 for veterans way to go. Um, wow. I've seen, uh, he did really good. I see nothing but awesome, great pictures, lots of smiling faces, lots of fish being caught, and some really happy people. And I'm sure that's not going to stop for quite some time. I'm I'm already thinking I need to make plans for next year. That would be cool to do. Speaking of that, before we get into some of the other stuff I want to talk about, tournament fishing. I know, uh, are you still doing tournaments, or is that something that uh, you're a little too busy for these days? I, I wouldn't say I'm too busy for it. I still enjoy them. Um, I just don't, you know, I like to do everything else more than tournament fishing. You know, uh, I, I've said this a lot. My true passion is to is to help others learn how to catch fish uh, so they can go out and make their memories and, and uh, you know, just have a good time with their families or self. Cool. I, I, I have the same types of passions that started with teaching, you know, just my nieces how to fish. Um, I get that from my grandfather who taught me how to fish and my uncle, who's his son, taught me how to fish and passed that on. And and I'm not fortunate enough to have kids. So I've kind of starting to take a role in, in teaching, you know, the, the kids in the neighborhood, as long as their parents are with us. That's kind of a rule of mine um, about fishing and stuff. There is in my drive. I let them fish in my bait tank, Chris. <laughs> they, they they love that man you don't know how much they enjoy that they get the biggest smiles on their faces i wish i wish i could share that but that's just another thing i do don't do i don't share any of that information about yeah. other people's kids and stuff we could get into that but we're not going to um all right uh real quick let me take a step back here chris Souders of uh, slunger cat outdoors on youtube and yeah. catfish crazy crazy on what what television network is that on chris uh, it's on the Pursuit Channel. The Pursuit uh, Channel, and then also you can you can stream it on the Pursuit app, um, Roku, Hulu, uh, places like that. The streaming apps for smart TVs, and then also um, on YouTube as well. 
Okay. I'm sure if you Google, I put links to uh, the web channel, uh, to both YouTube pages. I'm sure if you click on those links below, if you're not a subscriber, please subscribe to both Catfish Crazy and uh, uh, Chris Souders, which is Slunger Cat Outdoor or Slunger Cat YouTube channel. Um, there will be links. I like those colors on that hat, by the way, though, for the people Thank at you. home. What colors would you call that? The ones listening on podcasts is a dark brown and a. It's, it's kind of like a military. Uh, sand, tan color, mm-hmm. and black. This is a test color. Uh, Catfish Clothing is going to be doing all of my clothing from here on out. Um, they're a huge help. They do wonderful work. And the way that they're going to be able to you know, help out the whole fishing industry um, is, is just amazing. Uh, you, you can now order hats from them, custom made. Uh, it's kind of like a build your own hat way of doing things. So mm-hmm. if you have a a certain color you want or a certain way you want it, you can get on there and they can make it happen for you. And, and, but this, this hat, if you guys like it, let me know, let us know in the comments. I can see the comments, but this is kind of like a test run to see if people would like these colors together. If it is something you guys would like to see for sale, just let us know. We'll, uh, we'll get it put on there. Perfect. Uh, accent. Yeah. So in the, it, I was kind of just scanning through the chat. Yeah. So if you're in chat, let us know if you like those colors on Chris's hands or if you got some requests, I'm sure if he doesn't see them now, he'll go back and he'll check them out. Hey, look at that. We got Keith from fish and stuff. What's going on, Keith? <laughs> Keith, buddy, you, uh, that dude is hilarious. If you I, guys have not watched his last video on how to catch a fish with a Joey, <laughs> That was one of the best <laughs> videos that I have watched in a long time. Keith, thank my, you for making that. My my comment on that video is I need to get me a Joey. That was my <laughs> I comment. I need two of them. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, let's see what you got going on here. All right, let's go. I see a couple of people want to be outdoors. Just showed up Catfish Weekly. What's going on, Lyle? Twisted Fishing TV, if I haven't seen you yet. Or said hello to you yet, Betty. I said hello. I just want to make sure I don't miss anybody. That's always a bad thing. So let's go back to the very beginning. What are some of your earliest fishing memories, Chris? What 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 do you hold near and dear to your heart? What 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 brings a smile to your face when you're out on the water thinking about? Well, uh, to be honest with you, it's uh, man. Whenever I have my daughter with me and we go out and we do some bank fishing, it brings back those memories uh, that I had with my grandfather, which got me started doing it. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, uh, honestly, I used to, I remember a lot of times, you know, me and my dad back in the day, we would go out jug fishing and, uh, you know, I know a lot of people, you know, frown on that. And, uh, I do too, depending on how it's done. Uh, but, you know, just as a young kid watching that, that jug bouncing, you know, and, and grabbing it. And uh, a lot of times we would turn the fish back loose, you know, but it was just, uh, it kept me occupied, but, you know, memories like that whenever I have my daughter out there fishing, those kind of memories come back to me. And, you know, I just hope and pray that, that uh, she's getting the same memories instilled into her as well. I, I don't doubt that she, she isn't. So, I mean, it, it, it's hard not to, to get that when it's such, such an awesome thing to, to be a part of. So cool. So, and how did you make the transition from uh uh, fishing when you're a young man to, to where you are today, how, what's kind of the, the build up to, to where you are? Well, I know this, uh, is kind of cliche, but, uh, you know, I, I wasn't real good in school, you know, I mean, anybody that watches the channel and, um, you know, is around me close, know that I can't read real well. I can't, I can't, uh, spell worth a lick. And, 
you know, things like that. But, uh, but I, uh, you know, I wasn't real, let's say I wasn't the college education style of person, you know? Um, so I was a hard worker, uh, you know, with good work ethic and, and I loved outdoors. Uh, anytime I could get in the outdoors, it didn't matter what it was. That's what I wanted to do. And, and, uh, you know, so I've just always been a fish. You know, I, I can remember times I had a John boat whenever I was, I wasn't even old enough to drive <clears throat> and I saved up my money from mowing grass and I bought this little John boat and I can't remember how long it was. It wasn't very big. It was like 10 foot long, maybe, and a trolling motor and a battery. And I just thought that was the best thing ever. And I would have my mom take me and drop me off at the lake, you know, and you know, it's crazy to think about it now, but she would drop me off at the lake and I would fish all day by myself. And then she would come back that afternoon. It was a really good babysitter for my mom, but it was a really good time for me because I was, you know, all by myself out there fishing and learning how to fish. So, you know, that that's just uh, kind of how I grew up. This started out with like bass and panfish and stuff like that? or did Oh, you go yeah. Well, Whenever I was a kid, we'd done a lot of catfishing, you know, because um, that was kind of like the thing to do. We ate a lot of catfish, but mm-hmm. we, you know, I'd done a lot of bass fishing and crappie fishing. And, and one of my favorite fish to catch is crappie. I love to catch crappie. And, and, uh, it, I really enjoy, uh, catching crappie. I fish around a lot of the places that Betty and, and two, uh, two cross fishing, they, where they fish at, I fish a lot of the same waters and it's full of crappie, big crappie. And it's a, it's a blast. I wish I had that problem here. We have crappie, just not as many and not as big, but uh, maybe that'll change someday. Yeah, I enjoy chasing them too. Um, it gives me a break from even thinking about eating catfish. You know, it's a lot easier to for a crappie population to rebound than a big trophy catfish population. So yeah. I kind of use it as that. It's also I treat it a little different than I do catfish, but uh, I totally get it. So uh, uh, how often do you get out in crappie fish? You still get out and try to put some slabs on deck? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, this time of year for, for me is, is normally prime crappie fishing. You know, I, uh, crappies, um, I'm not real, I'm not any good at, at hunting mushrooms, but I got a couple of friends that every once in a while feel sorry for me and they'll, uh, they'll take me out and they'll, they'll have their daughters, uh, point them out to me so that I can pick them and make, and make myself feel better, I guess. But, uh, but I'll get a mess of crappie and a mess of mushrooms and then, uh, you know, that'd do me for the year, you know, normally. That that sounds like a, that, that's such a good match. <laughs> uh, if you haven't had that, I, I, I can't say enough. You know, I looked for morel mushrooms for a couple of years on my own with no luck. Finally, a friend yeah. of mine's wife's a big mushroom huntress. She took me out. She had to point out a couple, but once she pointed them out, I kind of got tuned in. And they were in all the places I were looking the past couple of years. They were always there and they're still there this year. But yeah. It's something, and it's also something about knowing that the spawns happen when the morels to start popping. That that really kind of gets me excited. So, but that that's for another show. Uh, we do have SK's crappie fishing adventures in the house. He's a big crappie guy. He's got a real big YouTube channel. So, uh, if you guys are listening at home, look up SK's crappie catching adventures. If you want to learn about uh, catching crappie or watch a, a man really kill it down in Texas, that's the way to do it. So, uh, um, I remember with you, you're also uh, doing some. You did some kayaking last year. Is that something yes. that you plan on continuing this year? Oh yeah. Yes. I, I actually went and, uh, <clears throat> got another kayak. I got a Jackson big rig HD. Um, just got it finished up this weekend. 
and I put a trolling motor on the front of it. Uh, it's got uh, monster rod holders on it. It's as uh, if you guys can guess. I tell you what, uh, this would be a question for the chat. Who can guess what color the new kayak is? That's a, that's a good question. I think it's going to be hard for somebody to figure out, but got it all decked out with monster rod holders and Lawrence electronics and, uh, and, uh, Minkota Trova iPilot. I'm ready to roll. I can't wait. I had a big rig that I, uh, just ran out of time to use. So I, um, I needed to clear out space in my garage to get my boat to fit, to be honest with you. So we did that. And I talked myself, I love that thing. I talked myself into, uh, getting rid of it because I said to myself, Oh, you're getting too old for a kayak. Right. Yeah. So I get a call from a lady who wants to come by it. She shows up and it's a 65 year old lady who bought that <laughs> big rig from me. I oh, was, wow. I, I was, so that was kind of like adding salt to injury. So that's just <laughs> kind of a short story, but I do love those big rigs. Those are, those are pretty big barges and they're, they're, yes. they're really stable. If, if I can get in them, we know we can get Lyle Stokes in one and, and Creole catfishing in one. If those yeah. guys don't want anything to do with that or ice fishing. Yeah. I don't want to do another ice fishing. Y'all can keep No that. ice fishing. Nah. I'm... I can get you out on some. 23rd 25 pound 30 pound channel cats at the ice if you come on up man that's tempting, that's tempting. <laughs> it better be thick ice that's all i want to know is it's got to be it thick. usually is this part of the that part of the country is usually pretty thick so what uh, uh and speaking of that I, would, I do want to bring up that we are still going to mendota uh the week of may may 13th through the 16th so if you're interested just uh hit one of us up or just look it up on facebook you'll find a mendota trip there so we, it's coming soon make sure you get your uh uh, fishing license and all that stuff. We posted links on the uh, both the page and the actual event page. So check that out, kids, uh, people, kids. I'm calling them kids now, like I'm the old man in the room. I'm going to get a lot of trouble for that. All right, Chris. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the TV show. Um, this is season two, correct? I, I think I watched yep. episode three last night, and yep. number four is coming out tomorrow. Am I mistaken? Yeah, episode four. Uh, we'll be back on the high river. I'm down in Metropolis, Illinois, uh, be solo on this one, doing some uh, back drifting with uh, planter boards and some current for big old blue cats. It's it's a technique that is uh, not used enough, and I would highly, highly recommend people uh, watch this show, go out and try it, and and really uh, put it to use because it can be deadly 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 for big blue cats i'm just kind of looking at some chat we got a it looks like we got a troll in the chat this uh shivery frog if somebody could please take care of them i'd appreciate it i have no idea who that person is um what's the filming schedule look like for a tv show so uh oh i was trying to read that comment whenever you uh named him I was trying to figure out how to get it off there. Now, uh, what was that question again? What's the what's the uh, filming schedule look like? There we go. Thank you very much, guys. What's the filming schedule look like when you're doing a TV show? You film them in a short period of time, don't you? Or is that something? Yeah, that- yeah. We uh, we try to get them done in one day. Um, if you can imagine that, that's a lot of work. Uh, it's very stressful. Uh, we've been doing we've been doing two days uh, just because you can kind of get a little bit more material in two days, but preferably one day, just so everything looks the same, you know, conditions don't really change. But, uh, but a lot of the shows we've had to use uh, two days. 
Okay. But it's it's basically, you know, the the one of the worst things about it is you lose that first light time in the morning and that last light in the afternoon. The best times of the day to be fishing, you lose that. So you can't you can't film in those area in in those time frames because of light issues, which it just you know it pains me. But unfortunately, that's one of the things you got to work around, and and it's a challenge, uh, you know, which I enjoy. Uh, but it's a it's definitely a challenge, especially in the summertime when that when that hot water comes up and those fish really come to life at nighttime or those those two time periods in the beginning of the day and the end of the day. Mm-hmm. That makes it real challenging to be able to put quality fish in the boat and uh, make them count. Lighting's really important when you're doing any kind of filming. Um, and I didn't even realize that until I tried filming my, you know, my little YouTube channel stuff myself. I can only imagine what it's like filming, you know, TV quality. Well, we're trying to create a TV quality production and, and that makes a lot of sense. And, and I imagine that does get, you get a lot of B roll at night and during the, in the morning though, don't you? Uh, no, everything. Um, you know, when we first take off, you know, we'll take it slow and get some B-roll of the morning because, um, you know, a lot of times that's that's whenever you see a lot of stuff, a lot of the, uh, birds and and just the fog lifting and animals coming to life, you know, a lot of activity. But but we don't even normally stop fishing or start start filming on the water until a half hour or hour after after daylight, you know, mm-hmm. so it's got to be really good light before we can even start. I take advantage of that time, uh, kind of trolling around, trying to find the fish with the sonar, I imagine. Well, we, we do, uh, <laughs> I do everything I could possibly do. It's, uh, it's one of those things, you know, you got to take advantage of every second you can, uh, to be able to make it, make it work and get it done. I, I bring that up because, uh, um, when I think about like people that I reference when, um, talking or using my sonar it has a lot to do with the stuff that i've learned from you on your youtube channel and the, and the, the videos that you've shared so uh um do you got any tips or or well actually we'll send them to your channel to say that but to, to go <laughs> check it out but how did you get so versed in using a um you you were uh you're a lawrence guy i know you just got a hummingbird if i'm not mistaken so i i am not a one specific uh electronics you know um I'm not sponsored or, or promoted by any electronics company. Um, I, I have used Lowrance, Garmin, and Hummingbird, all three. Uh, love them all. They all they all have their their own unique special features that I really like. And for the longest time, and still even on the Dynasty that I uh, just totaled here a while back, you know, I, I ran two sonars, a Hummingbird and a Lowrance to be able to get the best of both worlds, uh, you know, because depending on where you're at in the country, some features are better than, than the others on depending on which one it is. And, you know, I'm able to run both at the same time if I need to be. Uh, and, you know, it's just some tweaking you got to do to be able to get them to not interfere with each other. But, uh, but you know, you know, one feature over the other can make a big difference on, whether you see a transition between mud and pea gravel or say a uh, rubble rock and sand, you know, little transition period, little transition, things like that, depending on the time of year on whether those fish want to be cool, warm, you know, how comfortable they want to be, would make a big difference on where you need to set up on a ledge or a flat 
and and find those fish. You had mentioned the word, or you had mentioned that um, how comfortable they want to be. That that's a big part in being consistent is figuring out those types of things. Am I mistaken? Yeah. Or? No, no, you're absolutely right. You know, this time of year, you know they they want to be comfortable. You know, we all want to be comfortable, but you know, for let's take flatheads for instance. You know, this time of year, their objective is not necessarily first to be comfortable, but is to start feeding and to uh, start getting ready to, you know, do their spawning period. Mm -hmm. So, you know, their, their comfort, you know, their ability to endure a little less comfort to do their natural reproduction, you know, it kind of goes the other way. That's, that's, I imagine that's hormone driven. I'm no biologist, but we know what it does to the rut with deer. I don't, I don't, I imagine flathead yeah. exactly the same. So yeah. something's got to fuel them to eat and to, to go. <clears throat> and I guess I'm, I'm thinking I've probably got a good guess at that. So, uh, uh, yes, I was talking to a couple other anglers that I really admire. Um, and they were, we were talking that, you know, they've got to eat, they want to reproduce and they want to be comfortable. Those are good places to start. Um, and, and I just am trying to segue into consistency. How do you use stuff like that? What other information is good to help you stay consistent in being able to catch these big fish? Uh, what, what do you rely on besides your sonar? Uh, I'm looking for a thought process, I guess. So it, it really comes down to time of year. Um, there, there's a lot of variables that come into play. <clears throat> you know, the, the body of water that you're on, uh, whether it be river or lake, and then the time of year, the species of fish that you want to go after, and kind of what is in their process, you know, what just happened, what is getting ready to happen, and where they're at in their life cycle, per se. So, you know, right now we're coming into spawn, or we're actually we're coming into spring, they're going to be feeding and uh, they're getting ready for spawn. And then just like any of us, if we went out and we ran, well, I, I, let's be honest, I'm not running. Uh, but if I tried to run and and I got done with, let's say, a half mile of trying to run, I'm going to need to rest. And so after they get done spawning and they go to rest, then they that comfort comes in, more into play. And mm-hmm. they're comfortable, they rest up, they start feeding up, and then, you know, you got to look at that throughout the rest of the year of what is going on or what is getting ready to happen. And then, <clears throat> you know, that water temperature and weather conditions really start coming into play then. If it's hot water, just like, you know, you and I, you know, if it's super hot outside, I'm going inside where the air conditioning is. Well, just a few degrees can make a huge difference. Just like now, that water temperature is warming up. The water in the creeks is, is a little bit warmer. Water on flats is a little bit warmer. So those fish will conjugate towards those areas. And just like that in the summertime, they will conjugate where that water temperature might be a a degree or two cooler, uh, as long as it's got good oxygen and everything they need to survive. Hey, everyone. Sorry about the interruption, but I need a few seconds of your time. As individual content creators, we can use all the support we can get. Your support is used for better equipment, a further reach, and everything else needed to create this podcast. Your support makes for a better audio experience, helps to grow the show, and get more guests. 
If you like the podcast, become a supporter today by using the link in the description. Thanks for your time and support. Now back to the show. I I can't tell you how many times one one degree of water temperature has made a difference in my success as far as catching fish. Um, it it was really something that I kind of stumbled upon myself. I never read anything about it or or anything. So uh, I I totally and wholeheartedly have lived that. So uh, if anybody out there is listening, look for those temperatures. That's another reason to have electronics in the boat. Most definitely. Um, And you'd mentioned post-spawn post-spawn is, is that what you consider they're getting a little lazier after post-spawn? Yeah. Yeah. So looking to eat at certain time of the days and rest the rest of it. Yeah. You know, you'll have peak times, uh, you know, where they will feed more aggressively. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, you know, a catfish is an opportunist, but they will definitely pass on something as well. And, you know, in the summertime after, after the spawn and they're resting up, you know, for instance, blue cats, uh, we talk about them in this, they go to some of the deepest parts of the lake or body of water that you're on. And for me, let's, we're talking about the high river. Um, in tomorrow's show, you'll see it. It was post-spawn blue cats and we had some current and those fish were in a deep flat channel and they was in mud, you know, and we really wasn't marking fish, but as we drifted and we had those baits away from the boat, it made a big difference to get those baits away from the boat. You know, we were catching a lot of fish scattered, you know, we wasn't, catch you know one or two on the same side real back to back you know they would just be spotted and all the way down to that big deep long flat and what kind of spread are you talking about oh well you know probably i don't know we, i was using six rods uh four planter boards and then two uh straight down so uh, you know it, it was out there i would say you know 75 foot apart, 100 foot apart, you know. Uh, then, they, you know, there's probably back – the planter boards yourself was probably, you know, 100 foot from the boat uh, and then spread out however far that would have, you know, would have been. And and uh, uh, another thing – I'll oh, wait. Hold on a second. Betty has a question. I wanted to catch that before it rolled off the screen. I don't want to miss one of Betty's questions. She's a tip for first time chasing – Flathead in the, how do you say that? Kanawa. 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 Is that a river out by you guys? Yeah. Yeah. It's a uh, river that joins the Ohio River um, here in uh, Point Pleasant, West Virginia, Galplis, Ohio area. Mm -hmm. It's a real good early season flathead river. Um, It's smaller, uh, but, uh, you know, it's just structure oriented. Um, It's flatheads. Um, you know, fine structure and, and, and fish it. Uh, don't worry about sh- rather, uh, you know, that river, you, you can catch big fish shallow and you can catch big fish deeper, but it doesn't have real, real deep water in it, but, uh, definitely, you know, heavy, heavy structure. It's got a lot of wood, a lot of rock, um, a lot of things like that. Just, you know, fine structure and start putting the pieces of the puzzle together. If you're catching them on wood or rock, you know, 15 foot, 30 foot, you know, things like that. You know, start out with one thing and then just start, you know, chipping away at it until you figure it out. You know, hey, they want to be in 15 foot on wood, you know, or uh, they want to be in five foot on a tree that's hanging off the side of the bank, you know, uh, whatever it may be. 
it, it, it always amazes me how uh, people who f- uh, fish in, in more, produ- not productive, but, but better trophy waters uh, are able to get those patterns figured out and such. Here, here it's, you know, ones and twos, you know, as far as flatheads go, we don't have blues out here. So I, I always get a kick out of uh, um, hearing how you guys figure that stuff out. Um, and, and those shallow rivers, that's my kind of fishing too. So, uh, I'll be happy to meet you out there, Betty. We'll get them figured out. <laughs> I got to head out that way. So do you call them shovelhead or flathead, Chris? Um, both, uh, both. really. I mean, uh, you know, uh, flatheads, shovelheads, um, well, I even, I even hear some people out here call them mud cats, you know, mud cats, um, yellow cats, I've yellow heard cats. Yeah. We got them all. We kind of rib each other and chat about about the names and stuff. So uh, that's where that comes out. That was a little uh, uh, shout out to to Betty and Chad and all of them guys. So uh, I see we got Hilljack catfishing. He came in the house. Uh, let's see who else. Maurice Kaysen. Maurice is a huge supporter of all the all the channels. He's in like all of them. Uh, J Dog's gone fishing. He's in the house too. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for checking out the show. All right, so. Uh, I uh, know you were on um, Mike Greenwell's show, and uh, one of the things I also wanted to talk about was uh, log keeping and how important it is and and how to use them, um, what kind of information to keep in them. Uh, I know that's a lot to to get into, but um, where do you suggest that people start and and where do they go from there? Just, I mean, uh, you know, we all heard it as kids in school, and that was you know, taking notes, uh, as your teacher was writing stuff down on the chalkboard, you know, just write it down. Uh, you know, uh, I guess now that I said it, one way to look at it is, is your day is the chalkboard, you know, and as, as you work through your day, just keep notes of every detail that you possibly can. Now with today's technology, you don't have to, uh, do it so much on paper as you can, on waypoints. For instance, if I put a waypoint in on my sonar now, there are, uh, you know, logos that go with it, whether it be a fish, uh, a tree, a rock, you know, whatever it may be. Um, I'll give you guys a, an example. If I, if I go across the spot and I look at it and I think, holy smokes, that right there is an amazing spot. It's just a ginormous tree or a huge rock pile or something um, specific about it, I will put a specific logo. I use a star. And then on that star, in the description, I will put my notes, you know, um, the depth of it, what, uh, you know, if, if I fished it, what I caught off of it, the time of year, all that stuff is already logged in there for you, pre-done, um, you know, the time of year and the time of day that you was on it, uh, that sort of stuff. So, if you use your sonars and the information, the ability to put the information in there, then that kind of will save you from doing the paper logs. But don't ever shy away from not doing anything. Either mm-hmm. if you don't have that ability to put it on in your sonar or on some sort of laptop or tablet or something like that, put it on paper and just take care of it. And you'll be able to go back to those notes for years and years and years to come. And, and and you're finding out that they repeat themselves years after year, correct? Absolutely. Well, so 
what I what I will find what I have found out is that that what happened last year will definitely not happen this year, but will more than likely happen four or five years from now. Hmm. So the stuff that uh, you know happened whenever I was first you know getting into catfishing and really taking notes, that stuff come back and repeated itself. And then it's just starting to slowly repeat itself. And uh, I I can't remember who I was talking to about it. Um, it might have been Harley that's in chat. Uh, we talked, you know, was talking about it. And last summer we had a huge bait, you know, supply. I mean, it was just overran. And I talked about how the last time that we had a huge bait hatch with Shad we had a bad winter and it ended up killing a bunch of it. Well, I don't know how much it ended up killing this year, but this year we had another seasonably cold year around here. So it's kind of, uh, it didn't happen exactly like it did that year because that year the river actually froze over, but wow. it did get seasonably cold again this year and had a, you know, we've had a significant amount of bait die. I don't know exactly how much, but, but, you know, you see that, uh, you know, platform come back around and show itself again. So do you think it's just that that dent in the in the bait population or is it the winter kill that they're gorging themselves on to have more of an effect? What do you think it is? Um on on what do you mean? Well, I always had this opinion back before I really started getting into catfish that if there's a big winter kill which we get around here being we get a lot mm -hmm. more ice and stuff that um uh, they're they'll gorge themselves the first couple of fish you catch in after ice out they're they're yeah. fat as heck so i i'm yeah. under the opinion that they're they're actually gorging themselves on on the all the dead bait fish that's out there and then i also was wondering well what did that do to the population when you know a, a lot of it had died off when it comes to them reproducing for the next year i'm just yeah, kind of trying to piece it all together as far as like those five-year cycles uh yeah like rabbit populations we can get into that too that's a seven-year cycle for those i imagine catfish being the same way as well as bait fish and so on i know that's a i'm, I'm going off on a tangent here but uh i guess the the original question is do you think it's them dying that 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 has more of an effect on well the reproduction uh rate of the bait fish that had a huge winter kill or do you think it's the fish actually feeding on the winter kill that's causing a change in their um in their patterns so i the the first part of that question you know i definitely think that the the huge amount of fish kill makes it easy for those fish to gorge themselves you know mm -hmm. um, coming out of winter if you're hungry and you got an easy meal that is relatively fresh because you know it's been emerging 30, 32 degree water, uh, you know, for a long period of time, it's still going to be fresh, but, but I think that makes them gorge themselves. Then I think throughout that year, if you know how to catch bait, which is probably, you know, the number one thing when it comes to catfishing, catching bait and having quality bait on a year like this year where we had a shad kill, or if you have a big bait or bait kill or shad kill, then that fishing that year can be even better because there's not as much bait and the fish have to, uh, you know, fight harder or, you know, 
to be able to catch that bait. So fishing can't actually be better that this entire year uh, like it was then. And at the year that I'm talking about, you know, we had a massive shad kill and it was, you couldn't hardly catch bait. You had to really uh, scrounge to be able to catch bait. But when you had good fresh bait, the, the fishing was phenomenal, you know, but it was hard to get that. Uh, now back to the other part of it is, you know, I think that, uh, you know, a lot of people that are watching this know that I'm very faith-based and I think that the world, uh, the species, animals, uh, God's creations, they have a way of equalizing their self out, you know, mm-hmm. um, as humans, we try to do what we think is right you know, by stocking programs, taking things out of here, putting things there. And in in a sense, I kind of feel like, you know, there's ways that they'll take care of their self. If, if we give it a chance and let them try, you know? Uh, So I think that that is kind of the world's way of just kind of getting things back to an equilibrium of what needs to be done i think we're the only cogs in the wheels of of that whole plan as far as nature goes because we're able to do things to to control our not our destiny but but our wellness so much to say real quick keith has a question here keith wants to know from fishing and stuff uh do you know what you're well it says um do you know what you're filming when you go out to do an episode and is it scripted or is it done from the hip so to say Buddy, I let her, I let her fly. Uh, no, we, what I kind of do, um, I, it, it's kind of like with my YouTube channel. If I have a specific thing that I want to teach on, say, say I want to you know talk about a hook specifically, then I may script some, you know, script it out. So I know uh, what needs to happen and how it needs to happen. But whenever it comes to the shows, I will, uh, you know, we'll get the guest, uh, figure out where we're going to be fishing, uh, what we're going to be fishing for and how we're going to be fishing. And then I will study the area that we're fishing um, and kind of get some uh, kind of like you're doing, Mark, with getting some questions set up in my mind and on paper to talk about and share information as we go through the day. Um, it's definitely a big learning curve for me. Um, you know, uh, I could definitely, Keith, if you got some tips, buddy, I'd be more than willing and happy to hear them uh, because I, I can, I would love to learn how to do it even better than, than uh, what we're doing. But uh, to answer that question, I do script it a little bit, but not so much, you know, we just kind of let it fly from the hip because you don't really know what you're going to catch or how you're going to catch it. You know, things change throughout the day, um, mm-hmm. how you're going to catch them, you know. Uh, so a little bit of by the hip, a little bit of by the script. That, that's what the editing software is all about, right? Yeah. Well, one, my, one of my biggest things is I don't want the show to be fake, you know? Absolutely. I, I want it to be real. I want people to see, you know, there's shows where we're not, we don't catch, you know, uh, big fish all the time. You know, there's, there's shows where we struggle a little bit, uh, but we still share some quality information. And I want, I want that to be, to be showed because I think so much uh, is based on the size of fish that people catch. Yes. Everybody wants to see big fish being caught, Mm -hmm. but the truth of it is it, you know, 
not everybody lives in a in an area that produces hundred pound fish. Not everybody lives in an area that produces you know fifty pound fish. Um, so you know those five, ten, fifteen pound fish to a lot of people are fish of a lifetime, and they should love it and and, and rejoice in it and and just kind of and and be super proud of themselves for being able to catch a fish like that because. You know, in all honesty, that is a really good fish. Yeah, you had a hook in your hand. You want to tell that looked like an awfully big version of the hooks that you're yeah. uh, usually using. That caught my eye. I don't think I didn't catch that. Yeah. What you got so, there, Chris? So uh, the guys, the team at TTI Blakemore, uh, which, you know, you guys know I love my, I say Diachi. They correct, correct me, and it's Diachi. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, so they, I've always been a big fan of the D 85s, uh, which is my go-to hook. Uh, everybody, I mean, I love them. I wouldn't be caught on the water without them. Um, but they have decided to come up with a new brand of, uh, fishing gear. Um, and one of the first things they're going to start with is the, is the hooks. So, I mean, you guys know, this is the, the normal Diachi D85, but it is now called a boss cat. Okay. Well, everybody was wanting a bigger hook. You know, we heard that a lot. You know, everybody mm-hmm. thought that this, uh, this, you know, seven aught, eight aught size hook was too small, which is, I love this hook. But they listened and they come out with what is now the 10 aught. So you can see the red inside of it. If it's inside of the the ten knot, and that is called a boss cat. And same hook, same trusty company, and just a different brand name. And I am, I'll be happy. That's what I'll be using now. I'm going to try these ten knots out and uh, see how I like them. Hopefully. I know you've been using those hooks for a long time. I remember like one of the first yeah. videos I've seen you on was on a Steve Douglas video where you were showing how to tie rigs with those hooks on the back of his boat. So uh, that, every time that, I hear that uh, name, I think of Chris Souders every time. I'm not even kidding you. You know, that video specifically, a lot of people, uh, they they talk about how they feel like, you know, this hook, which is a seven, is mm-hmm. too small. You know, they felt they, you know, and they wanted this 10 knot hook, uh, which I think is going to be a good, good thing for uh, big blue cats, you know, Tennessee River, Mississippi River, James River, um, those kind of things. It's got those real big, fat, lower jaws. Mm-hmm. But this is a 5 aught hook, okay? And this is the hook that I was fishing with, specifically with Steve Douglas that day. And I couldn't tell you, I couldn't count on my hands and toes and feet and and limbs how many fish over uh 30 or 40 pounds that these five out hooks have brought in the boat i uh my personal best flathead which was just under 58 pounds came on a five odd hook so big that hooks are good for big baits for me i kind of match the size of the hooks to the baits and the waters i'm fishing but if I'm going after those hundred pound blues someday, I'm getting me some of those ten knots you just showed off yeah. right there. Yeah, those those uh, ten knot boss cats and and the 
the D85 Diachis are going to be called Boss Cats as well. Um, okay. And, and as well as the – so it's just a new brand that they're coming out with. Um, the I'm same, hook. same hook, same exact hook. Uh, you know, one, that's one thing for sure. If it wasn't uh, – I don't know that I could do anything without that hook right there. Uh, real quick, JP3 has a, a question. Chris, I fish near the racing dam. Is there a way to get in touch with you and try to fish together? Uh, JP3, yes, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I fish around Galpless area. Um, one thing that I was doing uh, right before I ended up wrecking the boat, I still have a list of YouTubers that were in the area or uh, people that wanted to, you know, kind of go out. Um and, and fish, what I was doing was doing a, was doing tackle talks on the water. Uh, I was able to get a few of them out there to kind of help uh, guys that had smaller channels or even bigger channels. Whoever wanted to go out fishing, uh, we would go out on the water and uh, spend the afternoon together and try to catch some fish and, and teach you guys something. But, but yeah, you know, get a hold of me, send me a message, um, you know, whatever you might have in mind. Uh, I'm kind of in between boats right now. So, I, you know, I can't really do anything right now. Uh, with everything else I got going on, but, uh, but yeah, just give me a shout. Uh, Betty wants to know if your merch is available through catfish clothing yet, or, or how can she purchase them or how can we purchase them? Um, Betty. So it's, it's coming really, really soon. We're working out the details right now. Uh, we kind of got everything, um, uh, on hold on the, uh, slundercat.fish website, which is where you was able to buy it before. And that is where we will be sending everybody from then. But whenever you order something, the order will go straight to Catfish Clothing. Uh, they are a great company, as you guys know. And something for everybody watching right now, they have given me a uh, discount code of Slundercat, uh, Slundercat20. And that gives you guys 20% off. Um, get over there and order whatever you guys want. Not just the clothing, but they got cutting boards and and uh, rod holder mounts and just a bunch of different stuff that they're building their brand. So you can get 20% off that if you guys go over there and put in Slender Cat 20. You heard that, folks. So Slender, Slender Cat 20 over at Catfish Clothing gets you 20% off. Thanks for uh, sharing that with everybody in there. And Betty wants pink. Uh, I bet you there's some pink stuff on the site, Betty. You might want to it's, check uh, that out. Uh, pink is definitely going to be coming. So, Good uh, for yeah. Yeah. I Got some pink stuff. And if you're looking for merch in the meantime, my link to my merch is in my description. If you guys want to check it out, it helps support the show big time. All the proceeds go directly back into the show. And for the people that already made purchases, thank you very much. We're going to print. They're going to orders will take it until May 4th. Once all the orders are in, we'll get them printed to order and get them shipped out. So uh, thank you, everybody, for, for ordering who, who already has. Um, I wanted to talk about the boat. I wanted to talk about a bunch of other stuff. Uh, we're getting close to that one hour mark, Chris. And I know you got to work early in the morning. Yeah. Um, is there anything you want to say before we uh, uh, let the people go off on their merry way? Um, I mean, if you got any more questions, you know, we can uh, we can Let's roll talk about your boat. I want to hear about the you know, that dynasty that you had that I almost cried, and I don't cry too often. When I saw those posts of that boat, I was pretty devastated myself. Yeah. Was, yeah. And it did make it into a couple episodes. So if you guys are really interested about that boat, check out some of the episodes on, on Catfish Crazy. You'll be able to see it there most definitely. But what, yeah. what happened with that? Everybody's all right. That's my first question, correct? Yeah, everybody uh, walked away from it, um, you know, un unharmed. Uh, I was actually headed to work one morning and was getting, was getting ready to uh, film a show here 
on the high river and, you know, just, uh, ended up in an accident, ended up, uh, uh, as some, as everybody kind of teases me and says, I was trying to catch fish in a ditch. that didn't have no water in it. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, but it, it, uh, thankfully nobody got hurt. Um, the boat did get totaled. Uh, but, uh, Sea Ark, you know, being the great company that they are, you know, they're working diligently trying to get, uh, another boat put together for me. I'm actually going to be, uh, the new boat I'm going to get is the prodigy. Okay. And I, and I'm really excited about this boat. Uh, I'm actually going to have a, you know, I'm actually going to be blessed enough to have two boats. I am, I'm going to end up getting the dynasty back and fixing it, uh, from the insurance company. And then, you know, I'll be running the prodigy from Arc. And I, I'm really excited about this because, you know, the dynasty was, it is the top of the line. I mean, when you talk about a river boat, it is just an absolutely tank of a boat. It's, uh, you, you feel safe. Um, it's, you know, higher sides, lots of storage, just an absolutely fishing machine. And then the prodigy, which is a, uh, it's a 20 foot boat. Um, it's kind of like a back to the basic style of boat, kind of what I started in. And I'm excited about fishing in it because it is super easy to get around in, um, super easy to pull. You still got a 200 horse motor on it. Uh, you can still put pods on it. It's got a 50 gallon fuel tank on it um, mm-hmm. where a ProCat 200 only has like a 28 or a 30 gallon. So uh, still the walkthrough ProCat style windshields, um, you know, still put the Bimini's on it, the closures, all that good stuff. But it's just like an open uh, plan to kind of be able to get the price down to a better price point for a lot of folks. And it's it's a boat that I'm really excited about putting out there and letting people see because I think it's going to be a really good boat for a lot of people that want to want to try sea arc and just get out there throughout the country and fish. Both those boats have great layouts for catfishing. As far as I'm concerned, the interiors of them really lend themselves to, to helping you be productive out on the water when it comes to that. So, uh, cool. I don't think you can go wrong with either of them. Nah. So, uh, Harley Neal says he got to ride on the boat before you tore it up. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's, there's a, there's a, um, an acquaintance of mine. He's, uh, we're not, we're, we're acquaintances. He just picked up one of those dynasties here on the Fox. I'm looking forward to seeing him out there in it. Maybe I can, pester him and a go for a ride or something so we'll see uh we have a, a new uh viewer freddie back uh dragon anchoring or drifting which method do you prefer for chasing big cats uh that's a good question and and a lot of that would depend on you know the the fish the whether it's a flathead channel or blue cat and then once again whether you're fishing lakes rivers uh you know the kind of body current no current style fishing if if there is current and and I am fishing for flatheads. It is anchored. If there is uh, no current or current or well, it's just let's back this up. If the water temperature is sixty or above, and I am in blue cat territory, I am moving in some way, shape, or form. I'd rather be bumping, uh, drifting, or dragging. Uh, bumping or drifting if there's current. If there's no current, I'm dragging. Yeah, current is so important in catfishing. I'm sure everybody in chat knows about it. I mean, I've I've learned the hard way that if I'm fishing in water with no current uh, from the bank or anchored up, it's not very productive. Yeah. Um, do you, Do you feel that dragging those baits helps get the scent out as well as finds the cats too? Um, I don't. 
I mean, yes, it's going to lay down a, a scent trail, mm-hmm. um, you know, for those fish to, as they're roaming, they'll catch onto it and then come up to the bait. But, you know, in, in a lot of instances, I don't think it's as much as laying down that scent as it is just covering water and finding those fish that are active. Um, I think that if we, I had a little bit of time to play around with live scope, um, this, this past year and the amount of fish that we seen that didn't bite, just it blew my mind. It's surprising, I mean, isn't it? Yeah. It, and you know, so, so covering that water and just finding those fish that want to eat is, is, you know, the biggest thing in my, in my, you know, my book, I, with live scope, um, and I'll say this uh, 100%, if, if I was a tournament fisherman, I would have live scope. If I was a tournament director, I would ban live scope. <laughs> it, it's, it's, uh, you know, I can't wait to get my hands on one and, and, uh, and start, you know, start using it on a regular basis. Just um, hearing just hearing you talk about it not only makes me want them even more, which I really do want live scope, but that's just another like data point for your, for your logs. I saw, you know, a huge amount of fish. They weren't biting under these conditions, stuff like that. Yep. That's the way Absolutely. I, that's, that's the way I look at that kind of stuff. So, uh, uh, hopefully they won't, well, I don't tournament fish. So hopefully I can get one, let them guys worry the rest of it, figure the rest yep. of that out. Uh, all right. We're over nine o'clock. Uh, any, any closing remarks? Yeah. Well, I mean, thanks for having me on here, man. It's, uh, it's been thanks fun. It's been, it's been an absolute you know blessing to be on here and, and uh, share some information with everybody. And I can't thank you enough for giving me the opportunity to come on here and, uh, you know, and share this information. Thank you for giving me the opportunity and, and, and giving me your time. I really appreciate it. I've, I've been definitely blessed by uh, crossing paths with a lot of cool people doing this. And that's one of my main reasons for doing it, not only on screen, but all the people in chat, they're all awesome. I, I really appreciate it. Um, so tomorrow, one o'clock on pursuit is when your uh, new episode premieres, right? Yeah, one and o'clock then, on pursuit and then five o'clock on YouTube five o'clock on youtube and that's the catfish crazy uh uh, youtube channel um that link is in the description um and you're gonna you're you're you might be bringing back tackle tuesday correct or or tackle whatever day we talked a little of that (laughs) on the chris outers channel link in description check that out you want to holler out to any of your sponsors besides yeah i mean dahachi did i say that right daichi D Diachi Diachi, you know it's a shame that that as much as I love these hooks, I cannot pronounce that. And uh, try saying Trubish for me just once. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness, but uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I couldn't do you know first off everything that I get to do, all the information I get to share with you guys. Uh, you know, God has put me here. Uh, to do his work and, and, to, and to show people what he has done in my life. Um, you know, he has taken me from, from the ditches to uh, anything and everything I could ever want to having a beautiful wife and, and, and two beautiful children uh, that I, I truly don't deserve, but, uh, but God has blessed me more than I can say. And trust me when I say that if you put faith in him, and uh, 
He can solve all your problems. He can take away all your stress. Um, there's no reason to worry. Put it in, put it in, put it on God's shoulders. Pray, talk to him, uh, share, share what you're feeling with him and, and trust whenever I say that he'll take care of it. Uh, there's been many and many a times whenever uh, my wife would be going through cancer and uh, we would get a, you know, for instance, she had liver cancer and we didn't, there was a treatment that, that she was going to have to have and there was no way we could pay for it. We hadn't, we, we got, we paid one month and we had no idea how we was going to be able to afford this. We was, you know, young and, and, and trying to, you know, uh, just stay afloat and, and we prayed about it and God took care of it. Not only did he take care of it, but the way he took care of it was the next month we went in there, she got that shot that we could not afford. And the doctor put her in a scanner and uh, cancer was gone off her liver completely just disappeared in the wind. Just a, you know, and, and the man, you know, I am able to sit here and talk, not because of what, you know, my confidence level is, is it's because God gives me the ability to do it. Uh, whenever I was in school, I couldn't stand up and read in front of my class. I couldn't stand up and talk to somebody I didn't know, but yet now I can stand, I can stand at a seminar in front of hundreds of people and talk about everything that I want to talk about and share all kinds of information. And, and I do that through the faith that, you know, Jesus died on the cross for my sins and what he does for me and what I know he can do for you if you just put your trust and faith in him. But, uh, but yeah, you know, uh, sponsors, um, you know, that absolutely support me in everything we do. Uh, my wife and I are very blessed to have, uh, you know, Sea Ark Boats, uh, Suzuki, Marine Master, uh, Daiichi, uh, Slime Line, uh, Catfish Clothing, Smooth Moves, Fitech Cast Nets, Extreme Bait Tanks, uh, uh, Hurricane Anchors, um, Tackle Bandit, Demon Dragons, uh, Dirty South Dragon Weights. And I know I'm leaving somebody out. And if I am, I greatly uh, apologize for it. But uh, yeah, I can't thank them enough for what they give I, me. I'll tell you what, if you did forget even one, you're welcome to come come back on the show and we'll get it the next time. What do you think? <laughs> that works for me, buddy. Works <laughs> for me. And if and not to uh, ramble on here, but if there's anybody out there, I always like to say this, if there's somebody out there that wants to talk to me, needs me to pray for them, uh, wants to get something off their chest that maybe they don't want to share with their family, um, know that if you tell me and, and trust, I won't say nothing to nobody and uh, we will uh, pray about it and I'll help you the best way I can. Very cool. Well, thank you again for your time. I want to thank everybody out in chat. I want to thank everybody for support. Again, thanks to everybody who purchased the merch. Links in the description. Got to do the YouTube thing, Chris. Oh, uh, thank hey. you, to everybody. Uh, <laughs> I've seen one pop up here. Steve Douglas, Monster Rod Holders. I can't. Oh, there it. we go. Uh, we'll put that one up on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, and go. the offshore planers, right? Yeah. Yep, offshore planer boards. Come on, yep. guys. I'm trying to get them back on the show in a couple of months. <laughs> Come on. We'll wrap up the season. <laughs> All right, guys, everybody listen to my podcast. Uh, I appreciate you uh, downloading. Uh, if you could su subscribe to the podcast, that'd be cool. If you're watching the show here on YouTube and you're not a subscriber, please subscribe. Before you live, leave, hit the uh, thumbs up. I appreciate it. Chris's links are in the description. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you, everybody out in chat. 